Good Thursday afternoon to you, family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. I thought today we would talk about expectations, what that means in our everyday life, how how they're experienced in the scripture and what lessons we can learn uh, from them. Let's start with the word of prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for a wonderful day, another opportunity to experience, to know, to see your grace, your love, your compassion and kindness for each and every one of us. We thank you for being the lover of our soul. We thank you for being a provider and a banner over us. We thank you for being a healer. We thank you for your love that is infinite, your mercy and grace that is new every moment, moment to moment. We can just grab hold of it. We just thank you for sustaining and keeping us and for having a plan and a purpose for our lives, for loving us deeply and immensely, for being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yahweh, Yeshua, we thank you for being all that to us and and so much more, for having greatness that is unsearchable. We just thank you for all that you're doing in us and through us. We thank you for increasing and enhancing the knowledge of who you are in our lives and what it means and what you have us do and how we experience others. And help us, oh God, show love and grace to all that we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. I was reading this story this week, as I told you, we're talking about expectations. And the story on the internet said this, bear with me. It says, several years ago, a school district in San Francisco did an interesting experiment. They chose three teachers and said, you are the best we have, and we want you to teach 90 high IQ students, and we're going to let you move at their pace and see how they can learn in a year. By the end of the year, those specially selected students had uh, achieved 20 to 30% more than the rest of the school district. At the end of the year, the principal called in the three teachers and said, I have a confession to make. You didn't have 90 high QI students. They were run-of-the-mill students randomly selected. Well, the teachers were feeling pretty good until the principal said, I have another uh, thing to another confession. You are not the best teachers we have. Your names were the first three out of the hat. What's the moral of the story? You get what you expect. Our expectations, for better or for worse, largely determine what our life will become. Our first reflective question and question that we're going to be focusing on today is what are you expecting? Because I think that is so important to think about our expectations. Maybe you're not, you know, a teacher and you're not dealing with school, you know, the school system or trying to figure out how you're going to return to the school system uh, in the fall or for the second summer session. You know, wherever you are in your experience in life, what are you expecting in every area of your life? Because I really believe that our expectations, for better or worse, largely determine uh, what our life will become. And I want you to write that down, to think about it, hold it in your mind, your heart, and your spirit. Now we're going to look at the scripture. Turn with me to John 5. We're going to do 1 through 9, I believe. It says, sometimes Jesus... Excuse me, sometimes later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. 
here a great number of disabled people used to lie there the the blind the lame the paralyzed one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years when jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time he asked him do you want to get well sir the invalid replied i have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred, when I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, a bit of the historical context of uh, this pool. The uh, modern archaeological excavations have uncovered, you know, uh, what's is to believe the ancient uh, pool of bethesda i love history and looking at it and seeing you know different discussions and things on it but i'm trying to share with you that if you think about what this pool could have looked like it was a two pool complex that was 20 feet deep and about as large as a football field those colonnades would have provided shade during the time of day when the Middle Eastern sun would be beating down. So it was a natural gathering place in first century Israel. And when we're thinking about the scripture that we just read, 38 years, 38 years, an invalid would go to that pool. It said, you know, to beg for money day in and day out. But the one thing they kept kept him coming back to the pool and kept his hopes alive is every once in a blue moon the waters will be stirred the cause of the stirring was undoubtedly the intermittent springs that fed the pool but there was a superstition that grew up around the stirring that it was caused by angels and the first one into the water after the water was stirred would be the winner you know some interesting things to note and the heart of the story is that the man thought that the only way he could be healed is to get into the water first. He had this expectation, if you will, of how he wanted to experience his healing. I think sometimes it is our expectations that box God in or keep God out. For example, if we go to the Old Testament, there's a story in 2 Kings 5. It's the story of Naaman. Naaman is this high roller that shows up with some horses and chariots at the door of Elisha, who's the prophet's house. In other words, if we wanted to think about how that would look in, in today's time, he'd shown up in a limo or uh, Bugatti with his entourage, and he needs a miracle because uh, Naaman has leprosy. And in the story, it says, Alicia sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman, you know, he went away angry. I mean, why? I mean, it sounds like if he would do it, he would be healed. And considering that his leprosy, I mean, if you think about it, considering that you wanted to be healed, would you not do it? Yet, Naaman is angry and sulking because of his expectations. Maybe he had the expectation that the prophet would come out and wave his hand over him and say, you're healed. Or I, I don't know. They don't really say. But, uh, well, yes, they do. In the scripture, it says, I thought that he would surely come out to me. Right there, he expected the prophet himself to come out. So when the prophet sent the messenger and it didn't match up, 
he was disappointed. He was angry. I mean, I think each and every one of us, even if we're not necessarily seeking a prophet or we don't, we don't have that actual experience of this scripture can definitely understand about being disappointed, being angry, being hurt, being sad that our expectations don't match up to the reality that we're experiencing. Think about it in our relationship. Isn't it expectations that half the time causes the issues and the challenges? Think about it. You know, there are expectations that we have for situations. There are realistic expectations. There are uh, unrealistic expectations and their unexpressed expectations. And when we think about what it is that we're expecting, we people have expectations that fit those char- characteristics in every area of their life. All those three things can relate to you if you're in your personal relationships, in your professional relationships. If you think about it, if you're a business owner, you have expectations of how you, you, you feel the business should go, the product that you're trying to provide the services and the customers that you seek. If you're in ministry, regardless, if if, if you're laity, you're the apostle, the bishop, the prophet, the, the, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, you have expectations as it relates to those things too. You have expectations as it relates, uh, in your personal relationships, you got expectations for back. You got expectations for your wife or your husband or however you identify. You have expectations for your kids. You have expectations for every for every situation. You have expectations for yourself. Just wanted to note that and, and reiterate that isn't it true or couldn't it possibly be that some of the times issues and challenges we face are that our expectations don't line up with our reality. But if we're going back to the scripture, because I don't want to get off of that, uh, he says, Naaman says, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of leprosy. In other words, that was the only way that Naaman thought that he could receive his miracle. He said, are not the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could not wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in rage. Yet the truth of the matter is also important that, you know, while we have the expectations of how things should be, it's also true that we point to yourself or someone else's miracle. Why do I say that? Because if we continue, if he had just walked away, then, you know, the miracle wouldn't have have, uh, necessarily happened or gone down, you know, that way. But if we keep reading, we find that Naaman's servant, an unnamed person, we just know his name and servant, went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you wash and be clean, cleansed? You've got to give it to Naaman. He was willing to alter his expectation because he didn't just, you know, tell this unnamed person that, you know, you don't know what you're talking about and walk away. Naaman went down, dipped himself into the Jordan seven times as the prophet had told him and his flesh was restored and he became clean like that of a young boy, meaning he was no longer was afflicted with leprosy in the present day. Right now, in this very moment, going back to our first question, what are you expecting? I mean, I'm going to keep it 100. You know, I'd say that for many of us, if we're thinking about how this relates, because I know some people may or may not relate to the scripture or scriptures. Uh, 
I'm going to say that if we think about, you know, present day today, I think for many of us, 2020 has not been what we expected at all. For many of us living in the pandemic, being in quarantine, uh, working from home uh, remotely, uh, have not necessarily been able to physically go to a physical space, the lessening of travel, wearing masks, being six feet apart from people, and the many varied experiences that all of us are living with and walking through more so are things that never occurred to us that could be our reality. You know, I was reading one story uh, earlier this week, a devotional was saying this uh, writer said she thought for sure that in 2020 she'd be living her best life. And she had all these plans and all these things that she thought that she would do. And then here, you know, we are in this life and none of those things or very few of them have come to uh, fruition. Heartache, pain, financial, uh, relational, emotional challenges, wherever you are, even if none of those are your experiences or in your spectrum, many of us, myself included, have an expectation of how God is supposed to or should come to our miraculous rescue. Think about it. Similar to the expectations of the biblical characters that we just discussed you know, we can identify with them. How do I say that? Because we too, me too, I, you, me, us, we have or want to outline our agenda to Abba. We want to tell, you know, Abba, you're going to do it exactly. I need you to do it just like this one through. I need you to do this at one, I need you to do two, and then do three, and then do five, and then do six. You know, we have our own agenda. We want God to bless our plan sometimes instead of us being about the business that he told us to do. I, I struggle with that because there's sometimes when that, you know, he'll give me an idea and I'd be like, you really want me to do that? But I was thinking this, or I was thinking this and those were just my thoughts. They weren't his thoughts. They was just what Chris wanted to do. You know, we all have those, you know, challenges and issues and experiences in our life. We want God to serve our purposes. More specifically, sometimes we have our minds so fixed on what we are expecting that we can't see the truth of Jesus right in front of us. That's so deep when you think about that, how sometimes we have our minds so fixed on what we're expecting that we can't see the truth of Jesus right in front of us. I was thinking about the concept of healing because I was thinking about healing in my own life, how I had the experience uh, two years ago. Let me see. Three, three years ago of having uh, this uh, eye condition called high drops. It was literally where my, you know, trying to see out of my right eye. I wasn't able to wear my contact. Uh, I'm not able to wear glasses. So I have to wear hard contacts. And um, I was not able to do that because there was swelling and, pressure on the inside of my eye. It was also really blurry. At one point it had gone dark and I was completely uncertain of, of, uh, the, the, I, while I learned the cause was high drops, the reality for me in that experience was it happened suddenly. It was kind of like, you know, things were good. I got these new contacts in January. I was seeing my best sight, the best vision that I had ever seen. Then like on the 4th of July, my eye was hurting. It was hurting really bad. I was trying to put drops in it. I was trying to uh, put like, you know, eye wash in it. And then I went to the doctor and discovered that I had this condition. And it was just this long road of healing. I couldn't wear a contact, which of course for me, because I have uh, challenges when it comes to uh, fears. I'll say, they're not challenges. I have fears when it comes to vision. And some of my fears are that, 
you know, I might not be able to see. So the fact that I was only wearing one contact was really, really uh, pressing in to to that fear. And I bring that up because I had this expectation of how God was supposed to heal me. He was not supposed to take eight months for my eye to heal. He was supposed to give me a suddenly, but that's not the way God works. It didn't recovery takes time. I learned the lesson that sometimes when we're dealing with recovery, you know, your body has its own timetable and you have to be patient and just wait it out. You just have to walk it through moment to moment, do what the doctor says, you know, take the drops and all and go to the appointments and, and get your rest and just don't, you just live in that experience. You know, yes, you might want it to be something else, but you can't rush that experience. And for me, you know, when I think about some of the looking back and that experience and some of the things that I missed is, you know, I, I wasn't always willing to look at the truth of Jesus right in front of us. The truth that Jesus was sustaining and keeping me and was healing me. It just wasn't the healing in itself was not happening the way that I thought that didn't mean that God wasn't working. It didn't mean that God didn't care. It didn't mean, you know, it didn't have any of these connotations of negativity that I might have positively attributed to. You know, think about it another way. Jesus was the fulfillment of all the prophecies, but because Jesus did not look like what people were expecting, they rejected it rejected him. How does that relate to our lives? Don't we do that when things don't line up with my, with our expectations is our, is not our default response, uh, response to reject it too, because it simply doesn't fit. I don't see how it's going to work. My, uh, detailed spreadsheet can't calculate this, you know, anomaly. I end up frustrated and afraid. You know, we just talked about it earlier about how expectations come in three potential categories they're realistic expectations they're unrealistic and uncommunicated expectations when i think of some of my biggest level of frustrations especially when you look at personal relationships it's because of the latter of uncommunicated and possibly unmet expectations i thought that it would be this i've said this before in the podcast you know how you get that experience where i gave you everything that you prayed for yet it doesn't feel or look like the experiences that you thought that you would have so it makes you a bit frustrated because it's not you know what you thought you, you 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 just didn't think that i thought that when i you know would finally get this i would feel better about myself or when i finally achieved that or when i finally did this or i finally saw that i think those are commonalities that everybody has these expectations of our of of uh that are going on in our life and how do we deal with those when we have to deal with the reality of our expectations yeah what's what's my point my ultimate point is regardless of whether our expectations are met what what do we know the truth for today is that we can uh, trust and know that god's purpose will prevail we know that he loves us because he loves us you know that he is greater than our circumstance in fact hope and faith are great things to hold on to they're anchors for us they're in themselves are an expectation the expectation to know that better days are ahead the expectation to know that there's good and only good because when we look in the scriptures and how biblical characters have often experienced things here's a good point to note sometimes when we look at their their detailed record of what was going on in their life we can notice from verse to verse sometimes very little improved 
very little. Think about it. David would write about you know terrible things happening to him, but then be talking in the verse in the verse below about how great how how great the 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 love of the Lord was, or things of that nature. It would be something else that 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 would signify or relate to some level of faithful uh, statement. You know, and maybe that's because a breakthrough doesn't begin when our situation changes. Maybe you know. We have to start with making a declaration within ourselves when we look at our experiences and believe that all things are possible. Maybe, maybe that we, we to, to know and, and to stand in the truth that we get to choose our thoughts. We get to sit at the gates of our mind and think about what it is that we're thinking about. And it's true. We might have varied experiences that are positive, that are negative, that are unplanned, that are uncertain. But we get to choose how we're going to respond to that. We're going to we get to choose how we get to live through that experience. And we can either allow it to take us down in the dumps or to believe that with every experience, there's a lesson to be learned. And with every experience, Abba is with us and for us. And that, to me, is the encouraging thought for today. Expectations. What are you expecting in your life? Try expecting things that are good and things that are lovely and of good report. Let's try to think on those things. Let's try to, to experience those things. Let's try to focus our expectations, shall, you say, shall I say, forgive me on those things that's all i have for you today i hope that what i've said is food for your mind your spirit and your soul is thoughts on expectations how they relate to our each and everyday life what are you expecting in your life what are you expecting and i hope that whatever you're expecting that it is well good and only good i love you you'll never change it reach out to the podcast let us know uh, chat and dialogue with us encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com peace talk to you next time